I just love, I just think, like, why not be happy? <laughs> you know, I mean, there's just so many things that can really, if you dwell on it, will bring you down. You know, and and of course, I have my moments when, you know, things happen and I'm just, I I dwell on it, you know. But it, like, puts me in such a bad mood. And I don't like necessarily being in a bad mood. You know, I don't like that person. I don't like to being, I don't like being um, angry or upset. You know what I mean? I just, I want to have a, I want to have a great time. I want to have good energy. I want to give other people good energy. And, um, you know, so that's why, and I enjoy being around people who like to laugh and who want to have a great time and who want to work hard and, and all those things that you could work hard and have a great time as well doing it. Hi, my name is Prince Daniels Jr., and I'm a former NFL running back, an author and thought leader who lives by the mantra, nothing is impossible unless you truly believe it is. I found the Game Beyond the Game Talk That Talk as a place for thought-provoking and inspiring conversations with professional athletes discussing life's transitions. Game Beyond the Game is an ecosystem for professional athletes to cultivate the mindset to discover their overall purpose and vision in the game of life. And now, it's time to talk that talk with your MC, Stan Pearson II, and myself, Prince Daniels Jr. Ashley Battle is a former professional basketball player drafted by the Seattle Storm in 2005 and then finished a WNBA career with the New York Liberty. All right. Growing up in Pennsylvania, where she resides now, started playing basketball at an early age with her cousins and early on. She often found herself the only girl on the boys basketball team, which helped her forge her path to play at the University of Connecticut. You all know what it is. All right. Now, focus on entrepreneurship. Ashley worked with the NBA Basketball Operations Associate Program, which was created to prepare former NBA and WNBA players to pursue career opportunities in team management positions and is now working as an associate product line manager at Nike. We don't play no games. Wherever you are, clap your hands, stomp your feet. For Ashley Battle. Ashley, how are you doing officially? Just do it. I am fantastic. How are you guys? That's dope. See, I'm guy. Look at you, cool as the other side of the pillow. Shout out, Stuart Scott. I love it. <laughs> R.I.P. Heck yeah, always great to have you. So you're doing fantastic as always, as it seems. Let's hop right into it. Mm. Basketball. You mentioned at a young age, you were always playing with boys, and that allowed you to just better yourself. Did you fall in love with basketball early? Like, did it fall in love with you? Um, it was it was kind of both, you know. I think uh, my family played, and all my friends played, and I was really tall in the fifth grade, like fourth and fifth grade. I was probably like five six, five seven in the fifth grade. And really? Yeah, I was huge. I was huge, <laughs> and I and I wore the same size shoes as I do right now, which is a ten and a half men in the fifth grade. What? You oh yeah, so my, my mom, my mom never had the opportunity of buying like kid shoes. I went straight from like <laughs> great like toddlers to like adult sizes, like adult men sizes. If you if you don't mind me asking, that's gonna take me in a little bit of a different direction. What was that like for you? Because I know sometimes, certainly in early grade years, kids are silly, stupid say all kind of things that uh, can hurt out of ignorance or just being mean. What was that like being five, six in the fourth, fifth grade or wearing a size 10 at that age? Did that have any effect on you moving forward or what things do you think you had to work through at that time? Uh, You know, I mean, there are kids who there's a couple of things that happen. So some of my counterparts and my classmates, they were tall, too. So I had like a really tall class. So there were some other some females that were kind of tall. And then like some of the guys were really tall, too. Um, but then also like I got these hands. So like, 
Talk something if you want. <laughs> catch these. <laughs> catch me outside if you want. Catch me outside. You catch these hands. Catch me outside. You know, I did. I'm not. I'm not gonna lie. Like I did get suspended a couple times in elementary schools for. You know. Yeah, putting the paws on them. That's what putting they call the putting people. The, it's funny. I tell folks I, in my entire life, I've never heard of a bully leaving someone alone because they asked him to leave them alone. Sometimes I've heard you got to get people gotta, up off you. Hey, hey, you just got to defend yourself sometimes. And sometimes defending yep. yourself, some people do it with words. Yep. Some people do I it with dance. Say it again. Yeah. <laughs> say it again. Like, like, do you know your grand, your granddad? What you mean? Yo, Paul, Paul, because I'm about to put these on you. Oh, boy, yeah. Like, you must not know who my mother is. My mom had these hands, too. So apple don't fall far from the tree. Oh, that's Absolutely. awesome. Man, so I love it. When you were young, did, did you take classes, um, like self-defense classes, boxing classes as well? You just knew how to how to scrap? No, I just knew how to scrap, man. Mm. <laughs> like, you know, I um I did karate for like I don't know, like a couple months or something like that, and right. I didn't really stick with it because yeah. I was playing basketball. Uh but no man, I'm from I'm from a area in Manchester where like everyone knows how to fight. So like mm. And I was probably one of the, I mean, I fought the dudes, I fought chicks. I mean, I was like, Man, and, I'm like and I'm like so nice. And I'm over right. here like, what? <laughs> like, I would defend people who couldn't defend themselves. Like, I was right. out here, you know, just. He's the hero. You know, being, being, being out here for the people, you know. And sometimes, right. like, there were, bu- there were bullies, too. Like, some of the older kids would, you know say some things i've had i've had my had my shares where i had to go home with my tail tucked between my legs and yeah. you know my mom was just like just not having it you know right. she's like get out there and fight again but like mama hold yeah. on we good no, we got, <laughs> no i mean we went out there and, and it's crazy because like i'm still friends like we're all still friends <laughs> so yeah. it's not like it was like one of those things okay like you guys are gonna fight right now but we're all 10 minutes later we're all gonna be friends and playing right. hide and seek or something like that so it wasn't you know, anything that got completely out of hand, but we end up, you know, we're all better for it. Actually, we all got tougher, tough kids growing up and, you know, had strong mind, strong will. Like I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade it for the world, actually. That's so, such wow. a beautiful thing because, you know, that that's a level of respect, right? After you duke it out with someone, y'all hug and y'all, and y'all become best of friends because it's that level of respect. Like, wow, okay. Well, they either they put it on me or that was a good match. They gave it all. So now let's be friends because we already know that it's not going to turn out well if we fight. So <laughs> let's just figure out, you know, what we can do to make everything better. And that's a beautiful thing that you are friends now and it molded you into the person that you are, you know, talk about childhood, how, how it helps us grow. Um, I love the thing that you said that you are very proud of, of, you know, your upbringing and where you come from, um, you know, can you like, exp- can you give us like, what was your transition like from, from middle school to high school? Yeah, absolutely. So my transition is kind of interesting because I don't think it was normal. It's not, it's definitely not normal, especially for like a inner city kid. It is very similar to like the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, you know? So, I mean, I, I didn't get in a fight and you know and my, my mom Mom's wasn't like removing much of auntie and uncle in bel-air it wasn't exactly like that but the process the process was kind of similar so um like in the seventh grade i um my basketball coach was told about a school in wheeling west virginia called lindsley and you know, I went down there, I took the admissions test and I did, actually this is sixth grade going into seventh grade. And so I took the admissions test and I'm like, I don't want to wear a uniform. I don't want to go. I don't want to be away from my friends. I don't want to, you know, be away from home. Cause I would have to like live down there during the week. And then going into eighth grade, I took the admissions test, the same thing. Like I didn't want to leave. I didn't want to do, you know, any of that. And then same thing going into ninth grade. And I had you know, I was pretty talented at basketball and, you know, there were a lot of high schools in the city um, in Pittsburgh that were, you know, looking to have me come to their school. It was almost like a recruiting frenzy in high school as well. Um, And so my mom was just like, look, you know, if you don't want to stay down there, you don't have to stay. Like you're, you can always leave. And, um, 
you know, and when she said that, it just registered and clicked. And I was like, okay, you're right. I, I don't have to stay. And it wasn't like they had the greatest basketball program known to mankind or anything like that. You know, they were, the basketball program was trash and they were like a really great school academically, you know, a hundred percent of the students, um, not necessarily attended college, but a hundred percent got accepted to college. And, you know, academically it was top notch. So it was one of those things where I felt like athletically and then academically I was meeting in the same space. Um, so I left, went to boarding school and, you know, just a whole different environment, whole different everything. And I, uh, and I, I'm happy that I did it. It was like one of the best decisions that, you know, I made in my life. I still have a lot of connections, a lot of friends down there. Um, it's difficult, you know, being in eighth grade, going to boarding school and not being, a, not being with your, your family, especially and your friends. But, uh, it was, it was a learning experience and, you know, taught me how to navigate through a lot of different things that you have to do, uh, when you become an adult. And, um, you know, my principal, well, they had a different term for principal, like a lot of private schools have a different term for principals and I absolutely hate it. And my mom was like, you will never say that. And I will never be caught saying that. Um, and she would have never said it either, but she told me specifically, you will not call them. So the, the, the term for principal is like headmaster and mm. like in private schools, like it's like <sighs> headmistress and headmaster, you know? And so my mom was just like, I bet you won't. <laughs> You know, she is, she is very, my mom is highly educated. I would venture to say borderline genius. And she is just not with, not with the shits. I know we said we weren't going to cuss, but (laughs) you know, my mom is just not, she's just not with the shits. So like, I never really, I never called my principal head headmaster. He's always been a principal. And, um, but he's, he was such a great guy and he and I still have a great relationship to this day, but he would lecture me in high school every day, every day I would get lectured. He would just, I mean, he would just grab me and just like have me in a headlock and just like take me down the hallway. And he'd be like, look, you know, you're, you're the only person that could screw this up. You know, you have a great future ahead of you. Like you have to be unfortunately you have to be a lot more mindful around around your 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 situation than others you know because you have a lot more to lose than anybody else here and so he would literally and i'm talking like a old white guy military guy you know white um he went to like kiski which is a white male prep school i mean they have a little bit of like black kids there now but like not not too many yeah, it's sprinkled in. even my high school. Yeah, a couple of peppered in there too. But like, but he knew, like he knew, he knew, he knew the potential in me, and he saw, he saw what could be, and he would just, you know, make sure that I didn't screw it up in high school. Wow. So it's interesting that you're able to pick those things up. And outside, I know you mentioned your your mom a lot and kind of what she instilled her level oh, yeah. of intellect. That's that's amazing. One thing that I caught that I really admire, you said, hey, I was pretty talented in X, Y, Z. What I'm finding is that folks kind of, they shy away from their talent, but are willing or shy away from what they're great at, but are willing to accept all their deficiencies. So for you to be like, no, I'm, I was pretty talented at that. Where did that come from? And is that something that you've always had? Like, hey, this is where I rock out at and I'm not going to play small to make someone else feel comfortable. Right. Um, I think it, I, I, you know, I, I am a extremely humble person or at least so I've been told and um, you know, but I've come to the realization that I, I've a, done some really great things in my life. I've, and I am extremely talented in, in multiple things and there is nothing that, there's nothing to be ashamed of. And, you know, it's, if, if I'm, if other people feel some type of way, that's their problem. Like, that's not my issue. That is all their problem and their insecurities and their projection and them trying to project something on me that has nothing to do with me. So like, I, I can't, it is what it is. Like, I can't say that, you know, 
I was very talented at a very young age. Like my first college letter was in the seventh grade. You know what I mean? So like I knew I knew I was going to get a scholarship to go to school like this. It just it is what it is. You know what I mean? And, you know, and I'm not going to shy away from that anymore. Love it. Such a beautiful thing, you know, because a lot of our young kids, they go through that. Right. Um, and as Stan mentioned, you know, you don't want to just you don't want to live into that. But it's like an undeniable fact. Like it's, it's the facts. You know, the, the, the proof is in the pudding. And so basically you just learn how to lean into it and just be all the person that you are. You know, um, I'm pretty sure your your mother helped uh, foster that as well. She was just like, this is who you are and this is what you've accomplished. This is, you know, who you're going to be. So lean into that, live into that. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny that you should, um, you know, say that. So I had a conversation with her earlier today and she's just like, I was talking about you today at work. And, you know, and I was like, about what? You know what I mean? Like, you know, all right. And she was like, you know, I was talking about your accomplishments, you know, and I was like, okay, so random. And she's like, she's like, you've done a lot. And I'm like, I know, crazy, right? But, you know, it, it, it's, it's awesome. And it's like, man, crazy. And, I, and at the same time, it's like, I forget, you know, and when it comes up in conversation, I'm like, oh, wow, yeah, I did, you know, you did have some really great times doing that or something like that. That's awesome. I'm not going to lie. Again, you're, you're cool, calm, confident, put together. You know, you, you smile. I mean, if you just told me, cool. me like 10 minutes ago, though, <laughs> like you're about 20 minutes prior, you'd have been like, I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's, uh, it's amazing what a shower and a flat iron can do. The people underestimate the value of a shower. Just taking some time. Yeah, Take some time for yourself. All right. So all, all those moments, and let's say as well as you, you know, let's say from the outside, people have seen like, whoa, got it put together. Smile. Just see. I mean, obviously, as you mentioned, humble before all those things being true. What was one of the most difficult times during your transition? You've had a couple of them. What would you say yeah. one of your most difficult transitions has been? Um, I've had I've had a few, you know. Um, I mean, I guess we could just talk about them all. But okay. Yeah, yeah so, sure. Uh, um, or, or, or I'll, I'll ask <laughs> this. Excuse me. Yeah. I'll ask this. Um, did you have a? Did you find it um, a difficult time transitioning from college to the league, or was it from high school into college? Which one was the um, most difficult one? I would say high school to college. Mm. And why is that? More, more difficult because, you know, again, it wasn't like my high school was this huge powerhouse high school. Mm. You know, um, I mean, we may do what we had, but again, we weren't like a team that was like IMG that goes around the country playing like other top high schools. Um, I played on a very, very, very talented AAU team. I mean, we were bananas talented, you know, like my, uh, like we won, we were the number one team in the country as 12 year olds, like came in like third place pretty much for the rest of that time. Um, our top seven went D one, like very, very, and we're just all like Pittsburgh kids. So like very, very talented group, group of players. So I learned a tremendous amount from the 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 fifth grade basketball team that coach my AAU coach my high school coach I I learned some things from but it was mainly like my AAU coach and my my high school coach I'm sorry my AAU coach and my fifth grade coach and so you know you have like a really good base and really good fundamentals and stuff like that but you just don't know how to work hard and that transition when you go from high school to college you got to learn how to work hard, you know? And so pretty much now I'm going to a team that just came off of winning a national championship with everybody coming back. And it's like, how are you going to fit in? You know? Right. And, and I'm, and I'm coming in with the number one class in the country, like Diana Taurasi, myself, like Jessica Moore, Morgan Valley, Maria Conlin. Like we had, I literally, I, I, my mom just showed me a, paper a news article she's like she has like random stuff like tucked away and and she calls it she goes i like to give you stuff for your throwback 
for your throwback Thursdays. <laughs> and, amazing. And it's so funny. And so she literally pulled out this like original news article of like the parade wow. all Americans from my senior year. Wow. And it was just like all these people that I played with throughout the years. And then there was four of us that went to Yukon on that list. Hmm. And so like, you know, we were a talented group coming in, but at the same time, it's like, you don't know how to work hard and you're going against people who are, you know, four years older than you that's been in the system and you got to figure it out, you know, and, G- and Gino's not, it, <laughs> he doesn't make it not, easy to figure out. Right. I mean, I mean, he, he, he's tough. He's tough on you. Happy birthday, coach. Today's your birthday. What's up? We, so, we, we, um, we knew that. We knew that. Right, shout, out, shout, out to, shout out to Coach. What up? Coach, what's um, going on? <laughs> but, like, he's he's tough. He's tough on you. And, you know, your teammates, they they help you out. They You know, but you got to learn how to work hard. And so mm-hmm. I think, you know, you have an inclination as to how to play or you wouldn't have been recruited to go there but then you even learn more about the game and this and the other and then when you go and play in the league you're like this is prepared right exactly right <laughs> right what was something that you know uh coach Rama or Emma taught you or that you learned that helped you let's say in life and in the game is there anything specific that you feel like you picked up because obviously you, you learn the most from people who are, are tough on you so is there anything that you picked up uh, along the way, they kind of uh, rest with you from time to time. Um. Well, I'll, I'll tell you. I'll tell you a story. Um, well, t- there's a couple things. Like one, it's you know, when you work hard and you prepare, you know, you're ready. You know, and I think that's what one of the things that we did so well at UConn is like we worked so hard. You know, that games were just easy. And I think like that translates into anything that you do, you know, whether you're doing a podcast, whether you're working at Nike, it it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It just translates. Like if you're prepared, you know, your opponent and you know, the task at hand, you know, the options that is going to be thrown at you and you're able to adjust on the fly and you're able to move and maneuver. And so when you have all of that, it's just like you're, you know, you feel confident. You're confident in your abilities and what you do. So that's why you see the UConn walking in all the time. Like, yeah, maybe a little <laughs> bit of arrogance and a little bit of cockiness, but they're prepared. They're prepared. I love it. it comes with the you territory. You know what's gonna happen, right? You know what's gonna happen. You know, prepared. <laughs> oh, you know I thought, what's gonna happen. I thought you were talking about the other team. Like, you know what's gonna happen. You and know, they know what's gonna happen. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> It's that, that too. too, but like you know, like if when they pass the ball here, it's gonna go there, it's gonna yeah. go there. Like you know what's gonna happen. And right. so when like like we used to beat the crap out of teams that were that had no imagination. Mm. You know what I mean? So like because they didn't know what to do when you take something away. Ooh. Like what are you gonna do? What are I, you gonna do? I, I, I wanna highlight this is about that. to be a fifty point game. I wanna highlight that. <laughs> I wanna highlight that. I wanna highlight that. Imagination. That, that was, so powerful right because as kids we have this incredible imagination but when we become adults we tend to lose it because we're in these roles we play in these roles but it seems like from your story that you were sharing once you reach that level of hard work um, and you've done all the work then there's no more room uh, left for you to do anything else except tap into your imagination and use it because what I've realized is that, you know, you reach this this ceiling and it's just like, all right, well, what's next? Well, what's next? And it's that imagination, that intuition that, you know, now that I've seen every single thing on the surface level. So now I'm, I want to elevate myself and see more because think about it. You're playing with these elite players and you guys come together and you win a championship. Speaking of uh, speaking of championship, you know, how does it feel to win a championship? I'm going to come back to that. Uh, but like, just using your imagination is incredible. And I just want to highlight that. Like, can, can you just dive in a little bit deeper when you, when, when you um, mentioned uh, imagination, can you expound on that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's with anything. Like I feel like in life in general, 
like I, I really do feel like this, like about life, like you're, you're given a set of parameters, you know, so let's just take basketball as an example. So you run the play and, and you're like, okay, yeah, the play is supposed to go like X, Y, and Z. It's supposed to go like that. You pass here, then you cut, and then you pass here, then you get the ball on the other side. But then there may be something that you could take advantage of that you see that you can exploit. And so you have to be, you have to have your eyes open to see those things. And, and I always say this, I am, I am a religious person. I do, I have my beliefs or whatnot. And I just believe that like God presents opportunities and it's just up for you to, to take those opportunities and take advantage of those opportunities that are presented to you. And, and I feel like sports and life is just no different in that. So if you're running a play and you see an angle or an opportunity that you're like, Oh, you know what? I can take advantage of this. You know, like your, your feet are off and I can take advantage of this and get a layup, you know? And I think, you know, life is no different. You know, we clubhouse presented an opportunity for people to meet and network and look at us. Now we're here talking to each other. So it's, it's just one of those things where you can, you know, you see different opportunities, you want to investigate and see what it's about and use your imagination to probably bridge that gap to get you to point A and to point, to point B. And now I get to tap into my imagination all the time with like, with Nike, it's just like, oh, what do you want to do? I'm like, I don't know, what do I want to do? <laughs> you know, and so it's like, it's like I get to be, be like a huge kid in a candy shop, really. And so it's, it's just a lot of fun. That's dope. You know, the, the power of questions, kind of what you were just saying, if someone asks, oh, so what do you want to do? And, you know, questions like, are you willing or what do you want to do next? How powerful do you believe questions to be? Sometimes I feel like, you know, that people don't ask themselves questions enough throughout the day to kind of light that fire of imagination in them. So how, how powerful are questions for you? How important do you find them to be? Uh, very important. Oh, sorry. I hit the desk. Um, got a little shaky there for a minute. Um, a little earthquake. Right. I feel like, I feel like questions are extremely important, you know, and I think it's just people are shy, especially if you're in like a public setting, people get shy about asking questions. And even sometimes I get shy about asking questions, you know, I'm new in this role. I don't know necessarily everything yet and I'm willing to learn but you have to ask questions and I and you know what for me I right now like yes I am shy in some capacity and in some capacity I'm like I don't care I'm gonna I may ask you the same question 10 times you know what I mean and it's like and it's and it's just like I I, I don't care if you're upset that I asked you the same question 10 times like apparently however you explained it it didn't sink in you know, and I need it to be explained differently. And usually like I'm a, a rather quick study. And, but you know, when you're doing something new for the first time, I just need, it's just like, you know, you're running a play. You just need a couple repetitions and then it just, you, you know, you see it, you see somebody do it, you do it a couple times and then it sticks, you know? And so like, that's how I've learned you know, my entire life, you know, being in sports, it's like, all right, I see what they're doing. You're passing there, you're passing there, you're cutting there. Okay. I see that. Then you go out there and it's like, now it's your turn to run the play. So you go out there and I'm like, all right, yep. I did exactly, exactly what they did. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I did exactly what the person in front of me did. I didn't mess it and up. Then, I didn't mess it up. I did exactly what they did. And then, and then once you get, you know, really good at running that, then you can add that imagination, which we were talking about before. Speaking of, uh, so I'm going to bring it back to the question real quick. So um, you say questions are important. Stan mentioned it as well. You have something behind you that signifies greatness. And I know that you had an opportunity. Yeah, a couple things behind me. That's- uh, <laughs> that's I didn't see that. I didn't see that. Uh, <laughs> all right. <laughs> um, and so you had an opportunity uh, to meet greatness before uh, greatness left this planet Earth, right? And I'm alluding to number two, four, um, right behind you, that golden jersey. Uh, so you had multiple in, in, uh, um, inter—I mean, you had m- multiple encounters with Kobe Bryant, right? Mm-hmm. 
what was some of the questions that you asked him? Um, and probably like, what was your first question? And then what was one question where you were like, yeah, like I really got his attention. Well, um, one, one thing I know for sure is you never know what somebody's going to say unless you ask the question. Mm. And, and so I think that was really like the blossoming of our friendship and our relationship was, you know, he had a book signing in New York. And again, I worked at the NBA league offices and I found out about it. And this was like, so I prophesized that Kobe and I were going to be friends, but that's a whole nother story. And I want to hear and this, probably some other time. I love those <laughs> prophesizing stories, but go ahead with this one. We could, we'll talk about that offline. We can talk about that offline. And this was like my strike at this point, this was like strike three. So there were two other encounters where we were in the same space and same time. And I didn't go over or something happened. And I, but this was strike three for me. I was like, and so I'm like, all right, well, I get to the NBA store and I'm just like, cause the, the event was actually at the NBA store. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, <sighs> I'm buying a jersey. Screw it. You know, I'm like, I like, I was like, I don't care what they what they say. You know, they're somebody's gonna say, actually, you shouldn't ask them to sign it, but I don't care. What are you gonna do? Right. What are you gonna do? You're gonna fire me? I'm like, I doubt it, but like, what are you gonna do? So I was like, all right. And so um, so they knew like I wanted to to talk to talk to him for a little bit. And so when we were uh we ended up getting like some space and some space after the book signing and before his next interview. And we were talking a little bit and the conversation was really great. And it felt, and I felt comfortable enough to ask him like, Hey, can you sign this? And he was like, yeah, man, no problem. Like, like, why was I so nervous to ask that? You know? <laughs> and so again, like the conversation was still going really well. And I just went over to him and I'm like, Hey, I'm going to be in LA in two weeks. You know, I would love to connect if you're available and he was like okay and so i'm like all right (laughs) you know you know what i mean and so and and i'm like okay all right great and so i'm like see you in two weeks see you in two weeks you know what i mean so (laughs) so like you just never know if you don't ask the question and so i so two weeks later i'm in la and I go practice with the team. I practice with the girls. And and I think there is where, like, we were just like, I think we're, like, the same person. Like, why are you finishing my thoughts? And why am I finishing your thoughts? Like, this is kind of weird, but I love it. You know, it was just, like, one of those, one of those, like, encounters where, like, literally all the stars align and you're just like, man, how have we gone this long without knowing each other? Like, really, like, it was just, like, one of those conversations. And, um, you know, I hit it off with the girls really well. And, you know, from there on, he, there's been some other encounters where I saw him. And he's like, when are you coming to L.A.? When are you, like, when are you coming back? The girls need you. They need you. You know, and just kept hounding me. And I thought I was going to be um, in L.A. in January, actually, the month that they end up passing away. Mm-hmm. but um it, it didn't work out where I was in LA but it I mean it was just you know there's not enough that I could say about Kobe like he first off Gigi was like his exact replica and it like freaked me out the first time I saw it because I was like I was just like dude and he's like what I'm like she is you <laughs> like like she is you and it's freaking me out. And he just starts laughing. Cause it's like, it's really funny. And, um, but when I tell you like the, the girls were just so sweet, the coaching staff, so sweet parents were just so awesome. And, you know, it's, it like, they would really just do anything for anybody, you know, at a drop of a dime. Like I think it, and here's the, here's the thing that like, I, I personally regret you know, we're talking about questions and, and things like that. And it was, you know, I hit him up around the holidays and was like, I'll talk to you in the new year. And I wanted to talk to him about like things about my future and like get his advice on some things. And I didn't do it. You know, I didn't do it. And so like, you want to talk about like asking questions. There's a huge, you know, question that 
I didn't do. And who knows where that could have led. And, you know, it just, it really sucks not having them because they were just a great asset to women's basketball. And, um, you know, there's probably not a day that I, that has gone past since that I don't think about them. Um, you know, it's just a tragic, a really tragic story. Mm, man, if we can take out five, yes, thank you for sharing that. If we can take out five seconds just to have a moment of silence and just. Honor that. That was such a beautiful story. We want to give a shout out to the Bryant family and and your connections with them. And I was thank you for sharing that because I felt that moment and I felt that I was there when you were explaining it. I wanted to close my eyes so I could get uh, a more vivid visual. But um, right. thank you so much for sharing that. I could feel it in my heart. You know, I wanted to take that five seconds just to um, pay our respect forward um, for all the incredible things that he did and. I don't know his presence and his his family and all the other families that were involved. So, uh, yes. And congratulations to you. You know, it's those moments again that you mentioned, like, do I, don't I, do I, don't I. And, and even in those encounters, you know, shifted the trajectory of, you know, life as you know it in, in that relationship. So congratulations to you for getting over, you know, whatever doubts those were in the moment you know, to have that experience. But, and thank you again for the transparency and sharing it. You know, you seem to, uh, again, you mentioned being a quick study earlier, which I think that's evident and you continue to be and someone that uh, appreciates thought. That being said, you know, what's the younger version of you as thoughtful, but beyond that, what advice would you give to the younger version of Ashley? I would give, I would tell my younger version to, you know, unwavering confidence, you know, to have unwavering confidence in, in no matter what you do. And, you know, it's, you're gonna, you're gonna make mistakes, but, you know, everything's gonna work out. You know, you're, you have a good head on your shoulders and you're very thoughtful. You think things through and, you know, the decisions that you make moving forward are the right ones and just, you know, keep learning, keep growing and, you know, maybe take a little bit more risk and some things and, um, but ultimately it's going to be all right. Appreciate that. Prince, what thoughts do you have, man? I see you thinking. No, no. Do do you follow all of that? Because you're still here. Do you do you? Oh follow? yeah, <laughs> yeah. I do. Like I, you know, I still work on the unwavering confidence. Mm. You know, but that's like one of the things that, like, I try to, you know, keep, you know, in my mental thought is just having like unwavering confidence. You know, knowing that like you're. I am, I am thoughtful. Um, I try to think things through. I try to be respect, you know, respectable to others. And, and I know, you know, God's got my back and things are going to work out the way it should be. And I'm, and I'm, I'm all right with that. You know, like I don't, I don't have any kids. I would like to, but I'm single. It's the way it is right now. It's just the way it is, you know? So like, it heard it from my first. (laughs) She says that she's single. Hey, we're going to get you a good candidate. All right. So I just had to throw that in there. I'm sorry. She's like Sinclair. She's like Sinclair. We are living. Okay, I just had to go. Hey. Hey. <laughs> in the nineties kind of world. <laughs> you don't know nothing about no living single. Keep your head up. Keep your head up. Keep your head up. That's right. <laughs> Okay. Well, all right. All right. We're coming to an end, but Ash, on on a serious note, what do you want your legacy to look like? Man, I don't really think I've ever given that any thought. Mm. You know, so I'm I'm gonna drill you like Kobe. You know, Kobe would be like, "Why not?" You know, and it's just like, "Whoa, whoa." you know, was I supposed to think about it? It's just like, well, if you're not thinking about it, then what are you striving for? You know, that's his mindset. So. You know, I, for me, it's more along the lines of my legacy is going to play out the way my legacy 
is going to play out because I know that like the right decisions, I'm confident in the decision, my decision-making skills. And, you know, I'm confident in knowing that opportunities are going to get presented in front of me. And sometimes there's going to be more opportunities than I can handle. And sometimes I need to like, you know, bust that thing down, you know what I mean? But it's just one of those things too, where it's like, Hey, and, and, and by doing the right things up front and doing the right things now, like that's going to, that's all going to be in my legacy. And so when people hear the rest of my story, they'll understand that like, Oh, that's a pretty damn good legacy that she left behind. Look, <laughs> you are, you don't even know it, but you're like the best. <laughs> you're the best. No, no, she knows it. I, yeah. I think, you know, <laughs> which I, I love that. I think that as you mentioned confidence, it's uh, in the way you, you spoke of it. It's like, it reminds me that it's uh it's a muscle, like in it, like the brain, like anything else. So we constantly maybe put ourselves in different positions to practice and to work on that, that particular muscle to stay, to stay sharp, you know, to stay above board and in the best version of ourselves. So that's uh, my, my last, you know, thought for you is, you know, what's next? What, what, What's next? And in, I guess in a part of that, what's next? What makes you just enjoy life and laugh uncontrollably to tears when the moment hits? Oh, I do laugh uncontrollably all the time. Um, I, I just love, I just think like, why not be happy? <laughs> you know I mean? There's just so many things that can really if you dwell on it will bring you down you know and and of course I have my moments when you know things happen and I'm just I I dwell on it you know but it like puts me in such a bad mood and I don't like necessarily being in a bad mood you know I don't like that person I don't like to being I don't like being um angry or upset you know what I mean I just I want to have a, I want to have a great time. I want to have good energy. I want to give other people good energy. And, um, you know, so that's why, and I enjoy being around people who like to laugh and who want to have a great time and who want to work hard and, and all those things that like you could work hard and have a great time as well doing it. Um, and what was the first question? I'm sorry. No, no, you know, you I, I think, yeah, yeah, but uh, but that one works for me. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, in terms of you uh, ask another question. My, my <laughs> other, yeah, yeah, my, my other question was, what's next? Uh, yeah, you gave such a great answer. I, I was just rocking with that one. Yeah, but yeah. what's next for you? What's next for me? Um, you know, I can very well see myself having a very long career at Nike. Um, you know, and and the ultimate goal of mine. The ultimate dream job, my ultimate, ultimate dream job. Let's do it. Is, is to be, you know, I want to be able to put, to put teams together. I want to put, be in the GM front office, uh, you know, putting basketball teams together, whether it's WNBA, NBA, that's, that's where I want to be. And so I, you know, I have a financial background. I have a marketing background and, you know, I'm doing Nike. This is giving me experience with, with strategies, with, with building strategies, executing strategies, um, you know, learning about markets and numbers in a different, different way. And um, so I'm just, you know, just fine tuning my skills and getting prepared to, to whatever, whatever opportunity comes about, you know, maybe it, it, who knows? Like it could be at Nike, could be back at the NBA, could be at a, on a team. So we're just keeping my options open, but ultimately just trying to get better every day. And so it is. Prophecy is born yet again. And so it hey. is. Look, hey. look, we're it into existence, into into right now. So and so it is. Cool. Any final thoughts from you, Prince? Before we get out of here, um, just my last one. Um, so we, we spoke about transition. I just want you to give me like a, a, a quick answer or give our audience a quick answer. Uh, we spoke about transition. We see that, you know, life is short. We saw with Kobe and Gigi and the other families, you know, how short it is. Um, and when it comes to transition and we all go through it, you know, how, 
can you give some tips of how you've been dealing with that transition and how you're dealing with the transition internally, you know, from um, someone that has played a, a, a major part in your life and, and now has transitioned on, like, how do you deal with it? What are some of the coping mechanisms? Can you just share something? Um, you know, I mean, transition is, there's so many different transitions that we could be talking about, you know, like I'll, I'll touch upon all of them too. I mean, there's the transition of, Hey, I've played basketball all my life and now I'm not going to, I'm not playing anymore. So there's dealing with that type of transition, like what's next after sports. And that, you know, necessarily wasn't an easy transition for me. You know, I had ended my career similarly to a lot of athletes on an injury and, um, you know, so it didn't end the way in which I, I wanted it to end. And my mom actually helped me with that transition as far as like, do you guys remember Guitar Hero? Yeah. yeah what? <laughs> if, okay. if you want to, you can get beat on it. <laughs> I'm bad at it. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm so bad, Guitar Hero. Guitar Hero. I'm in my mom's living room and I'm like, like playing guitar hero and she's looking at me in like disgust like she's like she's like looking at me kind of crazy and so i'm like i'm done i put it up and i'm like what and she's like well why don't you play a real guitar and i was like fine and she's like fine and so i went out that day and i bought a real guitar and started taking guitar lessons and and we started taking guitar lessons together which really helped focus my mind on something else um, and helped me out of that transition of, you know, you're not playing basketball anymore. You're, you know, you're a civilian, <laughs> you're, you're a civilian now. So you need to like do civilian things. And so like, <laughs> that was one of the transitions that um, really helped me uh, in the process of, in the mental process of dealing with not playing basketball anymore. Cause it is, it is a strenuous process and you have to deal with it. Um, hopefully people will hopefully, hopefully other athletes will start thinking about that transition while they're still playing and while they still have all the connections and while, while people want to be around you, because that's just really important because when you're, when you're playing, everybody wants to be a part of you and, and everyone wants, wants a part, a piece of you. So you know, who do you want to have a piece of? You have access to to do whatever you want. It's just a matter of like you picking out who you want to talk to and they'll talk to you. Um, and then when you talk about like the transition of a loved one, so to speak, and, and 20, 2020 was just rough all the way around. I mean, it like I it started off with me having hip surgery in January. Then Commissioner Stern passed away. Then Kobe passed away. Then my uncle passed away. Then my mom's best friend passed away. I mean, this is all before March 10th. You know what I mean? And so, like, it was just a wave of just, you know, just, it just kept coming. It just kept coming. And then the whole world shut down. So it wasn't, so you had, like, all these different things that happened. And then the world was, like, chill. You know what I mean? And so to deal with those things as well, it's just like you have to, for me, I had to keep my faith. And I understand like, I understand like these are things, I understand that things happen, accidents happen. And I understand that like, and, and accidents happen and sometimes they're fatal, you know, and you don't want it to happen but they do, you know, and then there's life happens. People get sick, you know, and people transition because they weren't healthy enough to cope with the events that's happening within their body. And then you have things that just randomly happen to healthy people, you know, and this was, and this was everything that happened. You got Kobe with accidents happening and sometimes that they're fatal. My uncle, who wasn't didn't wasn't healthy enough to cope with the the events that was happening with his body, and then you have my mom's best friend who is perfectly healthy and died, you know. And so, like, you know, it was one of those things where it was like 
okay, I have to be strong for my mom because she just lost her brother and her best friend within two days. And so it was, and you know, and it's just being there for my family, relying on them and them helping me. And, and, you know, I have some really great friends. I have really great friends who are super supportive. Like I'm the, technically I'm the only child. Like my father has other kids, but technically I'm the only child. And so like, it's, it's very important for me to have like really, really great friends and really great. My cousins are awesome. Um, and so my support system is, is fantastic. And I just think it's super, super, super important to have like a great support system because in times of need, you can lean on them and they will help you and they will help you get through it. And sometimes you think you can't and they will either give you a kick in the ass or they'll give you a hug, whatever, whatever one you need, they'll give it to you. So it's just trusting and believing in, in who you are and the people that you have around you and knowing that you'll get through it just like you get through everything else. Mm. Mm. Drop the mics, man. Dropped it. Dropped the mic. Done and done. Drop the decision. What you got other pick? I know, right? And I just found the guitar pick. And I was like, "Yo, the, I'm just saying, like the guitar's on the, on the side of your shoulder." That's, <laughs> that's purple haze. <laughs> what? Guitar has a, you name. Got a name. Jimmy yeah. Hendrix style purple haze. You know it. You know that's it. my guy, Jimmy. <laughs> That is so cool. We got to talk. Well, we're going to talk after this. Next time you're on, maybe you, you'll play us a little something. Maybe so. Maybe. Oh, no. Yeah, it's, it's, it's so funny. A friend of mine today, he was just like, I don't think I've ever heard you play. I mean, I've heard you tinker. <laughs> tinker. But I don't think I, I have. But I've, I, you never played a song for me. I'm just like, uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> The answer that isn't an answer. <laughs> Appreciate like, oh, that. Okay. Maybe I'll play one for you someday. <laughs> <laughs> Super cool. People can learn more about you by checking out on IG. If you're there at Ashley Battle, that's how you find Ashley. If you're looking to learn more about her, follow her journey and learn more about how awesome she is. And maybe one of these days she'll uh, tinker a little bit on the, <laughs> the internet, as it were. We'll see. On the interwebs, we'll see. No, no, no. I did put a video up the other day, and everybody's like, "Oh my god, it's so good!" I'm like, "I'm so bad." Like, I'm going there right after we get out of here. I'm checking you out. It's it was in my, it was in my story. It's gone. And it's gone now. <laughs> Savage. Just Savage. like a, just like an overachiever. You know, I'm like, I'm not Savage. that good. Play, put it on the story. Go on the 24 hours. What? 24 Savage. hours. <laughs> Got to keep them one more, Ashley. I'll, I'll allow it. Got to hey. keep them one more. <laughs> Appreciate that big time. And officially, thank you, Ashley, for spending some time with us yeah. today and sharing your story and being so transparent. It was really a great time. For those of you all watching, please don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe to the Prince Andrews Jr. YouTube page. And you can join us every week in Game Beyond the Games Facebook page live every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. My name is Sam Pearson. Thank you very much. Have a great day, y'all. Have a good one, y'all. Bye! (laughs) Hey! If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe so you're notified when a new show is posted. And please rate and review on Apple Podcasts. To learn more about our events, courses, and other programming, check out GameBeyondTheGame.com. Thanks so much for listening. Peace.